Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims and con artists. We don't like these people in the shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and this week we saw Freedom Rally protests, as usual, around Australia that flaunted lockdown rules and inevitably ended in violence. Duh. We saw a recall action in California with Governor Newsom's ass on the line, and Craig Crackers Kelly is still being a giant fuckwit. Yes, Joel, I think Crackers is one of the least popular people, pound for pound, in the country today, but he keeps on giving us reasons to talk about him, which is unfortunate, as we are very keen to see the back of the Ottoman flogger with a savage thirst for horse paste. Oh, he fucking loves it. I just cannot wait for this election to be over. This Clive and Crackers clown show has already made the transition from funny to sad. Now, meanwhile in New South Wales, happy news. Yeah. The single jab percentage hit 80% on yep. Friday, actually, Not last bad. Friday. That means, logically, the state will hit minimum 80% fully vaxxed sometime in November. In fact, it's actually it's getting it's advancing forward. This was supposed it to is. be on the modelling uh, due in December. Now, yep. fully vaxxed in Killing November, it. and that's a great result. And we're going to be looking at that stat and what it means to the anti-vaxxers and anti-lockdown movement in this week's Deeper Dive. Out to you, dear listeners, and your even more cherished eardrums on Wednesday night. And that's for Wednesday. But for now, we have to get into all the news that's making news in the Conditional Release Program's Weekly News. And another round of anti-lockdown protests kicked off around Australia with various levels of success. Mm. We had Brisbane. They turned up to protest lockdowns while not being in lockdown yeah, because they have strange. nothing better to do. And it was a nice day. I get it. It was 55- a day. Yeah, exactly. You know, go, go to the park. A 55-year-old man was charged with assaulting police during an arrest for flying a drone in a restricted area. Uh-oh. Should have known better. These people just love making content. So taking away his drone was basically taking away his will to live. So crowds got ugly and children had to climb trees to avoid the violence, which really carries on the whole bleating about saving the children. Maybe someone should save the children from you. But when you fill these people's minds with this warlike rhetoric, you beat these drums, you tell them the state's trying to kill them and they're tree-loving children, they tend to punch on a bit. You, you know, you roll up the punters, it's going to happen. So, of course, the protesters turn around absolutely shocked that after, you know, all this warlike language basically would make William Wallace blush. Oh, my God. There was violence toward police? How could that possibly happen? Oh, gee, we only just told them the state was trying to murder them through vaccine mandates. So a healthy showing of violence and Trump merch shows that Queensland is still Queensland and a fertile breeding ground for idiocy in the wake of the pandemic. And while Melbourne is the most pilled city in Australia... Don't forget old Brizzy. Yeah, yeah, Melbourne's, a good crack at it. Yeah. Melbourne's, Melbourne's still a mile ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but still, you know, in pole position, you know, respectable. So a oh, decent but... number also turned out to Rundle Park in Adelaide. I don't yeah. know where that is, but it's a park. Police were saying about 2,500, which is pretty respectable. And they're just whinging about vaccine mandates like the Brizzy guys are. they got no lockdowns to worry about. No lockdowns. Pretty, yeah, pretty relaxed. Parading around their freedom merch with these shitty signs that are neither interesting or funny. Like, they're just shit. The Guy Fawkes masks were out, you know, because no, anti-lockdowners are inherently nerds. Bit of a cliche these days, yeah, isn't oh, it? it's just sad. And, like, due to the lack of impending violence, there was actually a decent showing of kids who just have this, like, dire future ahead where their parents have forced them to make a sign. They're clearly going to be homeschooled. 
Johnny's first words are probably going to be something like experimental jab. Like it's just. And calling, and calling on all the teachers to be hanged at the yeah. neck until dead. <laughs> miss, miss, if you make me stay out the class, you're going to be hung in Nuremberg. <laughs> They're happening. The trial's happening soon. Miss, 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 you are in breach of the Nuremberg Code here. Maybe they should be homeschooled. So Western Australia have basically seceded from the mainland in terms of the pandemic. Well done them. They managed to get 2,000 punters into the CBD to protest a lockdown that isn't happening. They're having the fucking AFL Grand Final over there, like... What, what, uh, anyway, it's the usual cringy stuff, like we say, Nuremberg, human rights, blah, 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 vaccine mandates, blah, blah, blah. They were chanting shame on Mark McGowan, which must wow. be the only 2,000 people in the entire state that didn't vote Labor last election. I, I, I thought, I didn't think they had, there were 2,000 people who I voted for anyone else. But, but, yeah. but, Maybe oh, fair enough. enough. Five really loud people in the gathering and everyone's there going, what do you mean? But, you know, look, it's just another thing, you know, gathering in the city, just have a chat and a whinge about vaccines, you know, meet like-minded people, maybe get some girls' phone numbers, pretty relaxed. Sydney's- yeah, well, they, 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 uh, WA Labor likes to call him State Dad, um, <laughs> which is just appalling. So look, you know, shame on State Dad Mark McGowan. There's weird people on both sides of politics. I'll be the first one to admit that. State so- Dead. City didn't happen. New South Wales police, absolutely two just to one happen. when it comes to protests. Just, just just stopped it in its tracks. The first city gathering was obviously the last one they were going to let happen. They really got burnt by that one. And mm. roadblocks, transport checks, all the stuff they did last time, and very few people made it to Sydney Park. Which very, was very good at it. Very good place. at it very quickly. Yeah, they absolutely nailed it. They were way better than Vic Pole, which we'll get to later. But Sydney Park. This venue choice is so funny. If you've been to Sydney Park, the place is huge. It's got to be one of the biggest parks in Sydney. There was no central location, and even if there was one, how do you find it? These people are coming from, like, fucking Liverpool. (laughs) So people just sort of milled around. The cops just sort of kept the place very well supervised. A few people got arrested, probably just not wearing a mask. So they just went, hey, you, you're not wearing a mask. It was a whole pile of nothing, a farce from the start, a joke of a protest. Yeah, useless. They attempted to hold a secondary rally at the last minute in Bass Hill Plaza. (laughs) It is uh, Sydney's West, a shopping centre that did not deserve to have idiots storming it with anti-vax bullshit. And a few turned up, only a few. A A couple got arrested. Nothing really happened. Boring. Yeah, totally boring. I, I watched Sydney last time and I really regretted it because Melbourne kicked off. This time I did not make that mistake. Melbourne was the star of the show, the headliner, maintaining their place at the top of the lunatic ladder and managing a very decent yeah. crowd, I would say, despite a heavy Vicfall presence on the roads and a suspension of public transport on the day. They really mm. tried to foil this and they fucking didn't. There was this little group of a few hundred at City Hall, which I just thought was a total fizzer, and I was sort of laughing at them, you know, ha, ha, ha. But they had the last laugh as swarms of people just came flooding from side street to join this throng, and it compounded to quite a crowd. Well, we're so, talking about numbers-wise. I mean, we sort of argued about this yesterday. I thought maybe between two and 3,000 in total. Well, that's what I was saying. And, uh, yeah, two, two or 3,000, I'd say. 3,000 at its peak. I think it's hard to say how many people were there at any given time due to the fractured nature of the protest. Yeah. So far as they gathered, then they gathered, and people were meeting up after the initial thing. So the city got locked down, but then you had all these situations where people were able to travel within areas to get to these new areas they moved. I think the protesters probably did a good 10 kilometres of walking. Well, Melbourne's, a, Melbourne's a fantastic walking city. You know, basically it's flat as a tack. Yes, and, uh, 
Richmond Hill is the only battle they, they did have <laughs> a hill, them a didn't they? gradient yeah. of about 20, 28 degrees. And they wouldn't and, be ready for it. And, yeah, so you can you can move around Melbourne in that way, in those sort of side street ways. And, yeah. and you're right, the groups were kettled a bit too, so they were broken up again as they moved up. So actually seeing them in one one big group was probably that two or 3,000 where they went yeah. through the cutting At its in, peak. Uh, in Q. At its um, peak. Man, they broke through the through the police line, and it was pretty peaceful before that. You know, like look, everyone was blowing about how peaceful it was, and it was. Like they were standing around, the cops would form a line, a few idiots would go up there and goad the police, usually in high vis and Oakley sunglasses, which says a lot about who the troublemakers were. And they got pepper sprayed. And the terrifying thing, these fucking meth heads, they just kept on going. Like, I mean, maybe they had goggles on, or maybe they're just, I don't know, the Incredible Hulk, or maybe they've been smoking bath salts. But, like, they would get sprayed with capsaicin foam, and it just didn't seem to bother them in any way, shape, or form, which I just thought was fucking terrifying. Might have to to raise the capsicum content there. Yeah, you've got to put some more Tabasco in that sauce. I mean, look, so (laughs) there were incredibly sketchy people looking for a fight in the crowd, in an overall peaceful crowd, but damn, did the sketchy people win the day. Yeah, look, over the course of the day, 10 police were injured and, a two, and 235 people were arrested. Whoa! And a roller case of, of a day that saw peaceful protests turn into violent mobs. One of the more spectacular moments was when the police line was rushed by a few hundred protesters who trampled police and seemed unfazed by the capsicum spray. They did. Being sprayed in their general directions. Well, you know, it was really just a mob breaking through a single line of police. Yeah. We all saw it. It was filmed and shown on commercial news networks. Yep. Uh, they stampeded uh, over the top of police breaking police lines. I mean, you tell me why it's necessary. I mean, even under a freedom of movement sort of tenuous argument, why is it why is it necessary to go through a police line on uh, on basically a cutting in a in a basic well, a, a sort of main street of queue? There's a number of ways they can go if they wanted to avoid that confrontation, but they chose to confront police and go over the top of them, use them as basically human steeplechasers, which yeah, is not look, right. Th- there is a reason why I think they could have done this. And this, I think if there was a big box of ivermectin behind the police line, <laughs> I mean, they really want this stuff, man. And if you do that, all bets are off. Maybe, maybe yeah. Yeah, maybe they got the... <laughs> <laughs> the waft of ivermectin in their nostrils <laughs> and just started charging. Yeah. Big syringe of horse paste and they thought, oh, there is, there's my there's my workaround vaccination. So the, the protest went from about 12 till 3 p.m. with the protest, as we are saying, splintering into smaller groups, which then would sort of congregate at a new spot only to get kettled by police and splintering again, blah, blah, blah. And that happened over the course of a few hours over several mm. kilometres. In the end, 2,000 police were deployed. And, of course, these strategies implemented to stop from happening with the roadblocks and the public transport shut down, that sort of stuff, but didn't stop from going down. And I would say, and people hate me saying this already on social media, that I think the protesters had a win this weekend. They basically said, you can't stop us, Vicpol, people power, blah, 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 and when we, t- when we say we're going to turn up, we're going to turn up whether you like it or not. Well, I'd say a completely different view, and that was that if if you have a crowd of two to 3,000 people, given the extent of lockdown in Melbourne, the history of it, going back to 2020, if you can only summon two to 3,000 people, as edgy and toey as they were and violent, um, I'd say you're losing the battle. And, and, and you could basically graph this as, as a basic a turn up of diminishing numbers as, as they've gone. Yeah. Well, look, I would say that 
I get that insofar as the first big Sydney protest relied on Western Sydney and pissed off tradies. This one was so similar. All the high vis, all the Oakley sunglasses, all the sketchy haircuts, they all stank of construction workers. And let's face it, if you're going to wear your work uniform to a protest, you're kind of trying to make a point. You're trying to make a point that I'm a construction worker and I'm not happy. Without them, I think uh, like uh, at least a third of the numbers were wiped off, at least. And that's saying something. This is what happens with these peeled lunatics who latch onto these ideas, like the construction workers who were pissed off, who turn up once, but they're not there saying, oh, Bill Gates is going to put a fucking microchip in my ass. They're there saying, I'm pissed out about an immediate issue that will be resolved in the positive or the negative fairly soon. So they're yeah. not going to hang on for the next one. And just like they found in Sydney, when they had ten or 15,000 people turn up angry in droves of Victoria Park, this time no one really bothered, except for a few pilled lunatics who were arrested on site for not wearing a mask and laughed at by police. So, you know, realistically, it's they, they well, hijack these temporary causes. Yeah, look, and now might be a, a decent time to remind people that certainly in the major construction areas, there are no limits on on work. So people yeah. who have been working on the major projects in the in in, in sorry in Melbourne uh, have uh, have not been out of work, have not been put out of work. What they were complaining about is they're not allowed to use their lunch rooms. At the which seems a little harsh. It seems a little extreme, uh, given I, I suspect nurses and frontline healthcare workers wouldn't be able to Ooh, use yes. their uh, lunch rooms much either these that's, days. That's been a big topic. Yeah. Yes, there's a little sport group of people in our community. But leaving our fatal shore briefly, we moved now to California, and and in California, Donald Trump opened his presidency all the way back in 2015 by falsely claiming massive voter fraud in California. And now he's returned to the subject, raising the prospect that the outcome of this week's recall election in the Golden State would follow the same perverse pathway of election fraud lies as uh, he came up with came up with in last year's presidential election. This is never going to end. They're going to keep saying this. Your elections. I mean, that's what he's done. That's what he's done. He's basically basically destroyed among a certain group of people, we'll talk about this in a minute, destroyed among a certain group of people, uh, confidence in, in the electoral process. Uh, what a prick. Yeah, and he did, in fact, tell Newsmax, one of the few channels that still have him on, this week that uh, the election recall Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom is, quote, probably rigged, unquote. Yeah, just, just casually, just say That's that. the most prominent in a string of conservatives who have cast evidence-free aspersions on the upcoming vote, on, on the voting in uh, in California. And it didn't get that far because Newsom won the recall election 64 to 36 uh, of the more than 10.5 million ballots cast. It's 64 to 36. That's a fairly significant uh, shellacking. Yeah, that's and a very so, and, Zimbabwe level of fraud. Yeah, that's a lot of fraud. Yeah. That, oh, minimum two million votes were just, changing just, from yeah. one pile to another. That's a so lot no, of Donnie boy, you fucking loose unit. Yeah. It was a fucking predictable smashing uh, of your party. It was a dumb idea. It was a dumb idea from the start. On Wednesday, Australian time, the election result, um, well, it's a, it, it's a weird thing and we don't have any experience of recall elections in Australia, but under the Californian system, uh, it's a kind of referendum on the current governor. Yeah. Um, and uh, had Newsom lost the recall election, voters on question two of the ballot would have to opt for another or vote 
either for the next Democrat candidate in line or the GOP candidate, radio host and political maverick, Larry Elder. Oh, political maverick. That's just a nice way of saying a prick, right? Uh, well, look, we'll get to his travails like in a, a minute. Fuck with. Uh, while in-person voting took place, ballots were sent out to voters by mail. That's part of the California system. Won't change. Elder was caught in a bind during the campaign. He'd been no fan of Trump's loopy big lie mm. early on, but he had to decide whether he wanted the delusional Trump vote or support of GOP voters um, uh, the never Trumpers, I suppose, in the middle. Yeah. In the end, he gave mixed messages on Trump's election fraud lie and managed to wedge himself. Oh. And this is going to be a problem for all GOP candidates going forward. I mean, you might, might want to forget about gubernatorial clashes in Louisiana or in Arkansas, but elsewhere in the United States, it's going to be a bit of a problem for a lot of GOP candidates. Do they espouse the big lie and try and get the Trumpers on board? or have to basically battle their way, you know, while prosecuting what is a very obvious lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so that's the problem going forward, and this is what happened in Larry, Elder, in Larry Elder's case. Now, if you think about states like Virginia, even Ohio, even in Wisconsin and Michigan and elsewhere, you're going to find that these become big problems for the, for the sort of the so-called Trump backers in the GOP. Yeah. Because if they continue to prosecute what is obviously a lie, there's a major credibility issue. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, listeners will be well aware that the conditional release program runs on the smell of a snotty rag. Yes, it it's does. It's a little oily, but it's basically the snot that keeps us going. It costs me money. <laughs> we are poor, and as yet, there are no billionaire benefactors on the horizon to give us a boost. Very sad. And now, naturally, we can't afford to send out spam texts to an estimated 8 million Australians who are mostly unhappy to receive them, but we will do what we can. Now, if Crackers Kelly wants to hook people up to what is disinformation relating to adverse reactions from COVID-19 vaccines, I hope no one minds that we pass on the list of adverse effects one might suffer from taking ivermectin. Oh, God forbid. Eating horse paste has side yeah, effects? Yeah, well, Crackers spruiks ivermectin, but not once has he mentioned the drug's adverse reactions. Now, ivermectin is a hell of a drug, Joel. Mm. Terrific drug. Uh, terrific antiparasitic, and its Japanese and American inventors won Nobel Prizes for developing it. Oh, bless. A fantastic drug, which if you've got a bad case of river blindness, African eye worm, you don't want that, or stomach worms, it's probably what your doctor will prescribe in fixed doses, but as every reputable clinical trial to date has found, what the FDA and TGA advise, ivermectin is not a proven treatment for COVID-19. Just doesn't work. No effect. Together study. Look it up. But if you do take ivermectin, general side effects or adverse reactions for the drug include itching, hives, fever, groin lymph node tenderness. Ooh, you don't want that. No. Swollen groin lymph nodes, armpit lymph node tenderness as well. A common side effects in the in the event of treatment for river blindness include neck lymph node pain and swelling, mm. other lymph node pain and swelling, Good. unusual feeling in or around the eyes, <laughs> Ooh. swollen armpit lymph nodes, joint pain, uh, and in the case of stomach worms, uh, side effects include weakness, tiredness, fatigue, itching, dizziness, diarrhea, nausea, and vomiting. 
all Come coming on. to a George Christensen near you because he's taking it right now with Dr. You don't want diarrhea and vomiting at the same time. It's happened to me. It's really unpleasant. Especially when you're on George Christensen's diet. <laughs> you you really you really don't know which end to turn. No. And, and, and it is really unpleasant. Ugh. But in some cases, a severe allergic reaction known as the Mazzotti reaction happens to some people after taking ivermectin to treat river blindness. Uh. This reaction can be life-threatening and usually starts about a week after taking ivermectin and includes, again, fever hives, fast heart rate, swelling, and stomach pain. Sounds like a shit way to go. So, yeah, it can be fatal. And let's not even get into the discussion on how dangerous it would be to take veterinary doses of ivermectin. Yeah. (laughs) So there you have it. Ivermectin, terrific drug. When designed for purpose and yes. prescribed subject to medical advice. But if it's yep. a COVID-19 treatment you're after, it's of no benefit. And without medical supervision, potentially deadly. Yep. So there you go, crackers. You can thank us in the morning. Maybe send Joel a text. Stay out of my phone, you bastard. And today's sponsor is the Los Angeles-class nuclear-powered fast-attack submarine. Yeah. Get one of these up your date when you're out for a bit of yatting in the South China Sea, and it will, to quote Dan Aykroyd from Spies Like Us, strip the paint off your house and give your kids permanent orange afros. (laughs) Described by Green's kitty Adam Bant as floating churnables this week, which is terrible hyperbole, Joe. Poor messaging. Insensitive. Yeah, he was... And he was wrong, in- when everyone knows they're really no worse than floating Fukushima's. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> so, so if you want to upset the French, infuriate the Chinese and tool up with a nuke or two, who knows if they're carrying nuclear weapons, Joel, that's classified and none of our business, quite frankly. Ask for it by name. The Los Angeles-class nuclear-powered submarine. None of your French rubbish. Damn right. And if you're successful in today's which black pool fuckwit said that, Joel, you'll be descending to the ocean's icy depths for months on end in a Los Angeles-class nuclear-powered submarine. Oh, yeah? See the world, Joel, without <laughs> seeing terra firma of any kind anywhere an oceanic depth that would crush you like an aluminium can while you scream at the horrifying claustrophobia, the guy in the bunk above you is masturbating again and tonight's dinner is freeze-dried fish tacos. Oh, living the life, mate. Living the life. Well, that's what's on offer if you can crack it for three out of three in which Black Bill Fuckwit said that today. The barrier is always three of three. It's bullshit. Go on. Go on. Question one. Are you ready? Let a thousand nations bloom on the high seas. (sighs) Now, that, uh, I want to tell you, comes from Rita James. Thank you very much, James. Excellent quote. Excellent, excellent article you linked to. I enjoyed it immensely. Now, was the man who said, was well, was the person who said, let a thousand nations bloom on the high seas, which Black Bill Fuckwit said that? Was it co-founder of PayPal and Palantir Technologies, Peter Thiel? Mm. Was He's it actually Pel- a vampire. He gets uh, young people to give him uh, fresh blood that he transfuses. Does he? He keeps a- him young. He's fucked up. He's a real, he's, he's a cartoon very, villain. He's, 
He's a very, very strange Hamilton man. Hamilton Hume has a lot to say about him. Peter Thiel, yes, he has indeed. Uh, he's mentioned Peter Thiel on a number of occasions. He's a huge libertarian. He's, Fucking uh, lunatic. He's Peter. Too much money. Uh, so was it Peter or was it Hellfire Stick Insect, conservative <laughs> pundit, and Coulter? Gross. Was it former Google engineer, massive libertarian, and grandson of conservative economic guru, Milton the supply-side monster, Friedman? I hate his Milton Patry. Friedman. Patry. So kind of a fucking name's that. P-A-T-R-I. <laughs> right, you're missing a C. Just find the C. Is it in the C? <laughs> Let's see. Obviously some sort of obviously some sort of a literacy problem with his parents. Anyway. Yes. Or was Bad it comments. American scribbler and contributed to such esteemed publications as Rolling Stone, Esquire, Salon and Harper's, HIV, AIDS, denialist, Celia Farber. Isn't he dead? Uh, so which one said, let a thousand nations bloom on the high seas? Well, I think maybe I may have read the same article and it may have actually been sent to me by the same person. Is it Patrick? <laughs> It was indeed Patrick ah, Friedman, but I fucking hate Patrick Patri Friedman. I guess it is sick ass name. Anyway, Patrick uh, Friedman, Friedman actually did uh, drop this bomb uh, at a Peter Thiel convention. <laughs> But Patrick Friedman's idea was that we would all live under the sea. <laughs> well, basically, uh, just above the sea, and uh, in On in these out boats. Yeah, and 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 it was just like a weird sort of version of Waterworld. You know, it's like he's seen Waterworld too many times, uh, when we all know once is more than enough. Yes. Yes, that's his answer to everything, Patrick Friedman. And I'm just quickly going to explain who Celia Farber is for those who don't know. In June 2006, Farber wrote an article for the Los Angeles City Beat magazine in defence of Christine Maggiore, an HIV-positive AIDS denialist whose three-year-old daughter had died from AIDS the year before. Maggiore avoided medical treatment during pregnancy that could have prevented her children from being infected with HIV before birth, and she did not have her children tested for HIV after they were born, so they could not be treated for HIV. Uh. Maggiore's daughter, Elisa Jane, was found to be HIV positive only after she died of AIDS-related complications in 2005. Maggiore herself died of AIDS-related complications, Celia Farber wrote her up a nice one, uh, a nice supportive little column in the Los Seems Angeles reasonable. City Beat. Doesn't she sound nice, Celia Farber? And we'll put the article about the ridiculous floating libertarian paradises in the shitposting group after recording. <laughs> yes, yes, we should. It's very yeah. funny. It's quite Yeah, good. look, it's just, just crazy Thank stuff. Thank you, James. Uh, so, uh, question two. You're, you're on track. You're on track for that. Zoom around nine I'm, months. I already know the next answers. Nine months underwater on a leaky sub. I don't want it. Here's a quote. Number two. While there has not been a conclusive study of the negative side effects of such a rigorous one-size-fits-all shoot-em-up schedule, there is increasing anecdotal evidence from doctors who have gotten distressed phone calls from parents claiming their child was, quote, never the same, unquote, after receiving a vaccine. Increasing anecdotal evidence. Yep, that sounds like an anti-vaxxer to me. Shoot them up schedule. Now, there's a nice loaded term there for a vaccination, a shoot them up schedule. Yep. Was that actress and mom, Alicia Silverstone? Was that Jenny McCarthy, actress, mom, former Playboy Playmate, where she did, let's be honest, most of her good best work, and <laughs> chelation therapy promoter. Now... <laughs> 
<laughs> Chelation is this really weird <clears throat> rabbit anti-vax sort of process that uh, a chemical is added into the bloodstream to remove heavy metals from the body uh, because Jenny, like Alicia, believe vaccines contain heavy metals and that people should use chelation therapy to remove that. While every medical advisory body from your local cannabis upwards does not recommend chelation agents for any other reason than actual heavy metal poisoning. So was it Alicia or Jenny, both chelation agents or both chelation therapy promoters, or was it a star so big her surname has become superfluous, just like Cher, Bono and Madonna? Oprah. Oprah, the one and the only. Or was it rapper and cousin of a friend with massive testicles? I mean, huge <laughs> testicles, a scrotum so distended, so swollen, under the sheer weight of its gargantuan testicles, you could set it up as a pink, slightly hirsute marquee at Flemington on Cup Day. Nicki Minaj. Yeah, she really got into hot Didn't water she have those a testes. What Didn't a she have a week, Nicki? Um, I hate everything about this. Is it Alicia Silverstone? It is, yes, indeed. Alicia Silverstone, who came up with that in one of her books. She's all, she also Sil- one of her uh, Silverstone. Books? Oh, she, yeah, she wrote a mom book, just like McCarthy, uh, and uh, you know how to be a mom, how to be a vegan. Don't she care. actually Don't believes care. that tampons cause infertility. Oh, good, yeah, and that that's cool. veganism can reduce the risk of miscarriage. Of course, she okay, will. yeah, fine, whatever. Don't care. Yeah. Question three. So you. <laughs> <laughs> they should be fitting you up for your uniform. I'm going to throw this. I'm going to throw this question intentionally because this is, this is shit. <laughs> That's a terribly easy one. This is question three. Subscribe to our free newsletter. Stay up to date with everything Australia, China, geopolitics, and the current global scandal. Enter, enter your email here. Mm. Was that Time Magazine? Was that Reader's Digest? Your first 12 albums free. Always. Or was it? The New York Times, mm. or was it Reignite Democracy Australia, Joe? Uh, I can't imagine it's RDA. It's way too calm. Uh, look, Time Magazine. Oh, oh, you're yes. throwing it. You're throwing, there's going to have to be a stewards inquiry now. Um, <laughs> yeah, nowhere in Time Magazine, Reader's Digest, or the New York Times are you going to hear that the word "current global scandal." I just love how generic mentioned. it was. It's like Time Magazine being like. Uh, I don't know, current global scandal, but I do like the fact that's probably a placeholder which they forgot to replace, which I'm on their mailing list, and they recently sent an email saying, dear first name, which I really enjoyed. (laughs) I mean, it is my first name, I suppose. Just stay up to date with everything Australia. Everything. Uh, And China. Everything China. Everything geopolitics. Everything worth Not geopolitical, you idiots. And the current (laughs) global scandal. And enter your email and you'll go straight into our database. So sooner or later, you'll, sooner or later you'll get that please donate email. Oh, yes. Imagine them, like, that you geopolitics. Like you know fuck about fuck about geopolitics, Monica Smith, <laughs> jailbird dipshit. Yeah. Well, most of them are flat earthers, you know. So, fuck so, it, so, eh? It counts, counts the geopolitics out. And we remind listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by Black Bill Fuckwits. We want your input. Listeners, if you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. Do it. We'll send you a stubby holder and some assorted TCRP tatter on my desk. If you make our lives easier and send Jack a quote we can use on the show, send it to Jack's attention. Obscure the answers and obscure the question because if I see it, 
Otherwise, I will know the answer. He will cheat. He will cheat. I'm given, trying so hard. Given the option, I'm he will cheat. I'm trying so hard not to at the conditional release program at gmail.com. Uh, the conditional release program, Stubby Holder, is clinically proven to make your drinks cold and stay cold with its patented regelation Ooh. technology, Joe. Have you heard that? Marvellous stuff, that regelation technology. I didn't pay for a patent. Fuck it that. could actually solve global poverty regulation. Oh, um, but uh, that would only be if we shared the patent, and we're not. We're no, not happy no, that. absolutely not. Uh, I want so money back in this podcast. So that global poverty is going to be rolling on. It's enough to say the conditional release program, Stubby Holder, has been tested on small children abducted from their homes and exposed to satanic rituals 10 miles below the surface of the earth. Well, they're not idle. They've got no, to have some no. kind of use. Oh, the data that's poured in from there has been fantastic. And if the so-called TGA thinks they can bully us with cease and desist notices and legal threats, I say, bring it on. <laughs> Fuck off. Well, actually, Craig Kelly said that, but we repeat it now in our context. Any such legal action would require the government health regulators to give evidence under oath, and we have a team of top-notch barristers salivating <laughs> at the opportunity to get them in the dock and cross-examine them. Craig yeah. said that. Craig, Craig did actually say that. Yeah, I'm sort of troubled that he thinks about people salivating as much as he does. But anyway, <laughs> the conditional release program Stubby Holder is the only Stubby Holder clinically proven to keep drinks cold and used in conjunction with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine will protect you from COVID-19 infection and SIB, sudden irreversible beer warming. You don't want that. No, no. And if anyone wants to argue, we'll get them in the box, put them under oath, just like Clive Palmer was four years ago, where he did the full bondy, wandering yeah, yeah. around with Chuck a sick, sick bag and yeah. telling the judge he had lost his memory as a result of taking pain medication, oh, which we're on right now. You're on it, aren't you, John? <laughs> I can't stand endo and I fucking hate it. <laughs> and we kick off this week's anti-vaxxer update with a look at the stats as per. 42.9% of the world po- world's population has received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. That's 5.88 billion doses. That's a lot. That have That's been a lot of dead people. And a, a diminishing number, 29.49 million are now administered each day. With, and no change in this stat, only 1.9% of people in low-income countries having received at least one Dose. In the country, in Australia itself, well, hats off. I'm a standing ovation. New South Wales, single dose, 81.86. Smashing it. So that is fantastic. And the numbers keep rolling in. I I really do feel strongly that uh, we're very confident anyway that we will hit 90%. I'm thinking 90. I'm thinking 90. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's uh, beyond the realms. Uh, Next in line, ACT 79.61, about to uh, break their 80% threshold. Single dose, uh, I would imagine, sometime today or tomorrow. These figures are as of uh, are genuine as of 19th of September 2021. NC 62.52 single dose, f- fully vaxxed 47.25. WA roaring ahead 59.52, 41.08 uh, fully vaxxed. They've had no plague, so they're relaxed about it. Yeah, Tasmania 70.66, looking good. Uh, for single dose, 51.25. Fully vaxxed. Victoria, 71.2. Anti-lockdown. Rebelliousness with 43.5 fully vaxxed. Queensland, well, keeping very, very close to WA. 
uh, on 59.34. No plague, uh, no worries. They're just Yeah, jogging. no yeah. plague, yeah. And that might be a bit to do with it, but uh, we're confident that those numbers will keep leaping up. When we let and, rip, they're all going to shit their pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going yeah. to be a few last-minute takers, I reckon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but, Joel, in the courts, been oh. very, very busy with your uh, anti-vax, anti-lockdown stuff. So busy. The Supreme Court had yet another directions order after Peel Tumut paramedic and deputy mayor of the area, John Larder, who threw his hat into the ring for yet another doomed lawsuit. I shouldn't say that. It's in progress. It's uh, an interesting challenge mm. to mandatory vaccination. So he claims to have briefed Brett Walker SC, who's quite well known for various things, including representing George Pell and Christian Porter heavy in hitter. recent legal Very troubles. Very heavy hitter. Mm. Yeah, it's the kind of guy you go to when you really want to make a statement. But I don't think he's actually doing this. I mean, yes, has it been confirmed? I sent his chambers an email to check on it, and I got a sort of out of office reply. But I just this doesn't sit right. But look, lying is a massive anti-vaxxer thing, and the guy's a politician too. So it's probably just a fiction. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We're not sure. Unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. Mm. But coming from just a group of people who just really like telling porkies. One thing is for certain, though, where there's a lawsuit, there's going to be a crowdfund. I mean, with a few exceptions, that's kind of the rule. He's managed to get $61,000 so far, and it's only been up a few days. I mean, like, it's going to keep on kicking. All the big hitters like RDA and shit are all backing it and sharing it around. They're even sharing it on the GMB lawyers website like on facebook and twitter and they gonna need, like, he's gonna need more than 61 if he wants if he's got bread on board yeah oh, in a big way that's like brett's lunch so <laughs> basically the thing that's interesting with lada is that he is different to others because with the exception of jonathan andrews who's taking on victoria on this whole pcr test and subpoenaing brett sutton which is such a bad idea he's the plaintiff of the case as opposed Ooh. to afl and gmb and matuk who are all getting other people to be plaintiffs you know just in case they lose. So no. they have someone to ab- absorb the inevitable adverse cost ruling. Like, Lada's going to cop this one on the chin if he loses. So it makes you think that maybe he believes in the cause because even a big crowdfund is not going to absorb the money that he's going to spend on silks and mm. the adverse cost mm. ruling. It's, it's a lot. It's, he's putting his hat really in the ring here. There's skin in the game. But in the meantime, Nathan Buckley has apparently sent the Hazard legal team, you know, New South Wales. Oh, yes. I saw this post. Yes. Isn't this great? What a fucking idiot. 2,000 pages of documents of just pilled bullshit from Geert van den Bosch, who is, if you don't know, a Dutch-pilled veterinarian. Oh, he's a veterinarian? He's a vet. He's a fucking vet. What a good idea. So he's a big anti-vax folk hero now. I absolutely shudder to think what kind of drivel they've managed to dredge up for 2,000 pages of rubbish. (laughs) All I can say is that the poor idiot that he roped into being a plaintiff is going to have a genuinely life-ruining adverse cost reaction if they lose. That's what, 2,000 pages at 150 an hour minimum. Mate, 500 an hour. That's a junior. The junior's getting about $15 of that, mind you. So (laughs) Gert the horse doctor, claims that vaccines are responsible for mutations in viruses, much like antibiotic resistance, you know, like if you take too many antibiotics, just like George Christensen taking doxycycline for not having a condition, that creates mutations. But unlike George Christensen, who's actually creating antibiotic-resistant bacteria by frivolously taking antibiotics, these vaccines are not, as they call, leaky, which is the the term they use for for vaccines that create mutations. The video of him claiming this spread like wildfire through the usual channels a little while ago made him a name in the business. Now he does the round spouting bullshit disinformation and they hold him up as some sort of expert, maybe next to a picture of a dog or a cat or something. But 
let's face it, at the end of the day, some poor junior lawyer is going to spend 100 hours over the course of next week reading this bullshit while, like I say, the law firm is going to charge men like $500 an hour. Monkey. Monkey an hour. Absolutely. And the thing is, like, unfortunately, when it comes down to it, the real loser here is not New South Wales Health. It's not Brad Hazard, you smug prick. It's his poor junior lawyer who just went through four or five years of law school possibly paying Sydney University $120,000 for the fucking degree. Oh, he's living his dream. He's at a mid-tier, possibly top-tier law firm, and he's spending his nights in his office. I hope yeah. they've given you a bunk bed, kid. Yeah, so, Brad's not reading it. He's getting the executive summary. <laughs> he's getting the executive <laughs> two-page summary. Just, It's just such... It's so funny how good they are at hurting people that shouldn't be hurt. So... News just in, as I was writing this bit, Lucky Lance sent me a text message about the Hocroft versus Hazard matter, which has been settled between the parties on terms not disclosed to the court. I missed this, but this totally happened. Melinda yeah. yeah. Hocroft is a mounted police officer who is a touch vaccine hesitant and took a test case to the court to get around the vaccine mandate. And it's incredibly hard not to speculate on what happened here because, let's face it, I'm dying to know and we can't because they're keeping it a secret. Yes. But one thing I can say is I haven't seen headline news saying that vaccine mandates of police have been lifted, so I'm not sure if she got what she wanted. Mm. But the thing that's interesting here is that Hocroft was asking for something that's kind of reasonable, which is rapid antigen testing in lieu of a vaccine. Right. So, look, I would say that if you want to get rapid antigen testing in lieu of vaccine, maybe you should pay for them. You know, they're 50 bucks a pop maybe every three days. But if you're really committed to the cause and you genuinely think the vaccine is going to kill you or make you sterile or your babies, whatever, then you'll probably do it. But the state is interested in this compromise and is sticking to the vaccine orders as far as I can see because that's what the law states. It says basically, you know, either have a vaccine or piss off. Or find another job. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, fair enough. So Hocroft was also the plaintiff in the case, and that made her wide open for the cost order. Like I say, unlike AFL and GMB who get someone to throw under the bus, she was absolutely taking this one on the chin. But not only that, she actually engaged a solicitor to brief a barrister to represent her. Like, she really went the proper channels. This might be a very expensive exercise for Hocroft. And after, you know, a bit of a chat behind closed doors, maybe just another expensive waste of time. Because, you know, she didn't do any crowdfunding. She's taking all of this on her own, as far as we know. She might have a rich benefactor behind her. Depends very much on the terms of settlement, but basically, I think... I, I doubt they're going to be paying her costs, but you who, know, knows? You know, who knows? You know, it does look like an expensive waste of time. It does look like an expensive, sad waste of time. But hey, you know, look, your name's on Telegram now, and you're going to get emails from Pill Lunatic saying what a hero you are. Oh, worth it, worth it. So, look, <laughs> if the plan for these paper terrorists from the anti-lockdown lawsuit brigade is simply to bully the public health system with threats to the legal mandates designed to protect it from completely being flooded with COVID cases. It's actually working. This is an in- interesting side effect of this because the responses to these lawsuits, like which is calling upon these public health experts to come and do, you know sort of do witness testimonies and you know respond to these questions, waste their time. It is. It's wasting their time and it's causing stress to them because they're already working really hard to manage a pandemic, which right. you know is kind of happening yeah. at the moment. And now they have to go and address 2,000 pages of gibberish from some fucking Dutch veterinarian in the Supreme Court. I mean, it's ridiculous. The barrister for New South Wales, Daniel Reynolds, said, the demands of the other litigation is already placing quite a significant strain on the key witnesses who will be giving evidence in this matter whose job it is to manage the public health response to the pandemic. I mean... Got some other things on. A little bit busy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. These selfish wankers with these doomed fucking prospects just... Go away, fade into obscurity. So 
Lada's going to be back in court on the 28th. We'll keep you posted as all the other cases unfold as well. Or as in the case of the Holcroft matter, I suppose dismissed behind closed doors and call it a day. And in New York, a heated confrontation has unfolded inside a busy restaurant after a family gained entry to the venue without showing their mandatory vaccine pa- uh, paperwork. We talk about the New York vaccine uh, passports. The incident occurred in, so yes, we mentioned in last, uh, last week's episode that, uh, uh, in fact, uh, last week's deeper dive that New yep. York is uh, one of the few states to have adopted a meaningful um, vaccine passport. They got IBM to do it. Yeah, the incident occurred inside a New York eatery where patrons had been required to prove that they had received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine since August 17. Footage which involved a family of diners facing off of the waiter has gone viral on Twitter. In it, the man accuses the waiter of refusing to serve his family in an act that, quote, enforces segregation, unquote. When asked to leave, he said, so you're going to enforce segregation because we just told you that we're religiously exempt. So you're refusing to serve us? Are you refusing to serve us? So, you, so you're going to enforce segregation because we just told you that we're religiously exempt. You told us we had your vaccination. I never told you any of that. I, I would never tell you that. I would never say that. I would never say that. You have to leave. You don't have to leave. I, if you have the flyer, you have the flyer that you're supposed to put into your, your window, right? Okay, go and read it. Go and read it. Go and read it. And, and you tell me we're not leaving. Well, I'm not leaving. You guys can leave. I'm not leaving. We just marched for this. Every, everybody in here is okay with that? Everybody's in here okay with, with, with setting up, setting segregation in society? Everybody's okay with that? Oh, we don't have our vaccine card, so now the kids can't eat. We can't eat. You guys are okay with that? This is the America you want to live in? Is this the America you want to live in? No, fuck you. You see? You're not American. That's why. You need to get the fuck out of here if you're not American. All right? Get the fuck out of here. Okay? This is America, and in America, everybody can eat. Everybody can eat in America. All right? This is not segregation. This is America. You need to wake up. This is the kind of country you want to live in? You want to live in this type of country? Earlier on... The diner told restaurant staff that he'd forgotten to bring his or his family's VAC passports or cards used in the state of New York, known as the Excelsior Pass. That's what their VAC passport is called. It's a vaccine-proof app, generates a QR code for restaurants and other venues to scan. This also comes in card form, but the dog ate it or something, apparently, (laughs) uh, because uh, he was uh, after that, uh, well, that's how he got into the restaurant with his family. The waiter claimed that before being seated, the man said he and his family had proof of their vaccination. I never told you any of that. I would never tell you that. I would never say that, the father claimed. Mm-hmm. He remained firm in, his st- firm in his stance and refused to leave the restaurant with the waiter eventually leaving the table. He wasn't actually asked to leave. The man yeah. then began yelling out to other diners, asking if they were happy with the restaurant's attempt to follow the state government's policy. Mm-hmm. And the Afro-American dad uh, diner asked other patrons, everybody in here is okay with setting segregation in society? Everybody's okay with that? We don't have our vaccine card so the kids can't eat? He then went on an explosive racist rant, a little bit of mask <laughs> slipping there, directed at other customers telling one to get the fuck out of here because he was not American. Ooh. This is America, and in, every, and in America everybody can eat. 
This is not segregation, he yelled. Okay. Addressing staff, he said, I told you that we're religiously exempt. Now, what religion would that be, I wonder, Joel? Yeah, I don't know. The anti-masky goddy religion? <laughs> Yeah, I think it might have been one that's a very, very recent invention. <laughs> and maybe it was just looking for a loophole because in New York State, a halt has been placed on the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers uh, who sued over the right to a religious exemption. But the exemption doesn't run for people who park their asses in a diner. They're really not good at law, are they? And in our new segment, Famous Last Words, far-right activist, massive Trumper, massive piece of shit, and casual white supremacist Laura Loomer, who chained herself to Twitter headquarters when they banned her, has got the COVID lurgy. What happened? Yes. Describing her early-onset symptoms of COVID-19 infection, the 28-year-old anti-Muslim activist said she was suffering... And I quote, a fever, a runny nose, sore throat, nausea, and severe body aches that made my whole body feel like I get hit by a bus. And after sleeping for a few hours, my symptoms started to remind me of how I felt when I had a bad case of the flu a few years ago. So just a bad case of the flu then. Last year, the rabid uh, anti-vaxxer said, I hope I get COVID just so I can prove to people that I've had bouts of food poisoning that are more serious and life-threatening than a hyped-up virus. Have you ever eaten bad fajitas? That will kill you faster than COVID. God, it really raises the question, why is she eating bad fajitas? <laughs> what? Where did she go wrong? Because it's, 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 it's better than COVID. Now, well, now she's got the COVID lurgy, but like a trooper, she is still declining the vaccine because in her own words, and I quote, it is unsafe and ineffective. But she did go on a cocktail of hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, which is an antibiotic, as well as a dietary supplement. Oh, that'll help. Yep. Combined with Regeneron antibody treatment, the same as uh, extended to a hero, POTUS 45, the Trumpster. Which might actually work. But now she's saying, no vaccine. Now she's saying, just pray for me, please. Can't even begin to explain how brutal the body aches and nausea that come with COVID are. I am in so much pain. Good. Now, of course, we don't wish her any specific harm. Yeah. It's probably more of a sort of general sort of malevolence. But um, uh, but no specific harm. We don't want people to die, of course. And we do say get well soon, Laura. You are a terrible human being uh, and you have lost more course cases than I've had spaghetti breakfast. (laughs) More than Clive's had schnitzels. What's really interesting about Luma was, as you uh, just alluded to before, uh, she was banned by various social media companies. And, and she filed hated, a lawsuit. And Uber as well. She went mental. Yeah, filed a lawsuit. And filed a lot of lawsuits, but she filed a lawsuit in 2018 against Twitter, Apple, Facebook, and Google. The lawsuit alleged that the platforms had collaborated to suppress conservative speech. Ugh. The case was dismissed at both district and circuit circuit court levels, primarily due to the court's determination that social media companies cannot violate the First Amendment because they are not governmental bodies. Yep. On January 5 this year, her lawyer petitioned the Supreme Court of the United States to hear the case. Uh, The lawyer claimed the social media companies were engaged in a, quote, conspiracy to intentionally and willfully suppress politically conservative content, unquote, and that, quote, the aim of this conspiracy to use 
anti-competitive means to suppress politically conservative content was to take down President Donald Trump and his administration with the intent and purpose to have installed leftist government and nation's capital and the 50 states. (laughs) But the Supreme Court declined to hear the case in April 2021. The judges are corrupt. The judges are just corrupt. They're mostly Republicans, but they're definitely corrupt. Yeah, yeah. Well, Trump appointed three. Yes, but like, well, okay, look, here's a bit of law school. I'm actually going to law school, so just uh, a lesson. If there's an adverse uh, ruling that isn't what you want, the judges are corrupt. Oh, That's how pedophiles. law works. And possibly pedophiles. Oh, <laughs> but what, the reason I bring this up is that it's a bit of a red flag to the Trumpster's proposed lawsuit against big tech. You know, it would seem to create a sort of uh, a precedent that is very unlikely for the Trumpster's lawsuit to get up. The one that you said was actually just a uh, bit of yeah. a, a gimmick for a, a no, fundraiser. It is. It is a, it's a gimmick for fundraising. Yeah, it might be a bit of a sign there that nothing will really proceed along uh, the lines of actual litigation and that Trumpster will not put his hands, both hands in the air and an absolute, absolute triumph. But no. he has, to be fair, milked millions of dollars in donations for it. So, you know, you could already say he's had a win. He's a winner. He's a winner. He's not a loser. He's a winner. It has been a huge week in Peter. Huge. Huge. Peeled chef, well, cook, should I say, doing what he does best posting conspiracy theories to his adoring fans on Telegram. He's back. Now, Pete He's went back. quiet there for a bit, really quiet. Indeed. He cleared up Indeed. his chat history. Very worried he about it. He appeared to be toning down the rhetoric, focusing on his evolved podcast with sketchy disinformation peddlers and some hippy-dippy platitudes about meditation and shit. I almost enjoyed the serenity of all. I do need content for this segment, so I was kind of hoping he'd come back. Just some bloke that just seems to like recording his Zoom calls with mates, you know, likes to sit now near bodies of water, has a surf. I, you know, I, that's fine. No, 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 no. Not our Pete. He is back. He's back. So He's back. we have paralegal Pete here who's taken a keen interest in the Supreme Court lawsuits of late, referring people to the Lata v. Hazard case you mentioned before where the pill paramedic is taking on the health minister with these mandatory jabs. Mm. His case is given the interesting one. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Parliamentary Pete has also made a fairly vague nod to the end of his political career. He's almost a lawyer and he's almost a a parliamentarian. He's he's had an invitation to both. So basically, he shared a post from Rod Carleton, the GAP, endorsing Matthew Hawkins as a New South Wales Senate candidate for the Great Australian Party in 2022. Oh. It sounds like his invitation to the Senate's been revoked. It's, what happened to it, Pete? What's going on? So Matthew Hawkins, I don't know this, he's involved with the AFL solicitor's case against the New South Wales government regarding mandatory vaccination, which makes a lot of sense because pilled lawyers are now totally a thing and he's absolutely one of them and now he's running for the senate doomed to fail very sad to see pete all is he out? out of the race is he out? it sounds like it i mean look there's not enough space for two people can the great australian party come from nowhere and pile a good what 40 percent of the vote yeah and get two senators in new south wales no <laughs> i'm just gonna go out there and say no like if anyone, if anyone wants to make a bet on that, please contact me. I'll give you very good odds. No, Rodney Carlton. It'd be a it'd be a little wet dream of Rodney's. I mean, he'd have to oh, clean himself up just, after that, wouldn't he? Oh, be, if you ever dreamt that, I would fucking hate that day. Beyond his interest in the legal and political, he's also back to the people we know and love, which is oh, that okay. God. While comments are turned off because he doesn't want to hear from the pause, he's back mm-hmm. sharing Tucker oh. Carlson shit, Sky News trash like hey. Robert Dean clips. And memes that just ask questions that are really easily answered. Oh, I mean, just, just, just He's back. He's just, just asking just, questions. He's just, just asking in. questions. You don't need to ask questions, Pete. If they're easily answered, you don't need to ask them. That's fine. Just leave it. Just just answer them yourself. 
He's cl- he's, he shared the clip of Clive Palmer suggesting that Gladys Berejiklian is being controlled by the vaccine lobby, which was quite an alarming statement, with the annoying, vague Pete platitude of, this is worth watching and sharing far and wide if you choose to. I mean, thanks, Pete, mm. for that, like, weird permission Just not to questions. share the post. So I'm allowed to just not share the questions. post. So that's good. Oh, thanks, Pete. I just, what? Like, you're just such a cult leader. So he's still peppering his post with grass-fed salmon recipes and bullshit about his failed podcast, which I must make a note. He has infinitely more listeners than us. But I don't give a shit. His podcast fucking sucks. Listen to it. The audio quality sucks and he doesn't fucking edit it. He's a lazy piece of shit. His, his podcast sucks. Hey, he's above. He's above editing. Peter's transcended to a higher plane. Editing is just not his. He's above us. Thing. That's for sure. No, it's really not his thing. He, I don't think he knows that he's a mouse. So basically, his cult following are going to be stoked to see that Pete has his tinfoil hat back on. I am personally as well because I yeah, need some content for this segment. News. He's sharing the good shit with these dumbass leading statements like, once you ask the questions, the answers are obvious. Are they fucking Pete? <laughs> if they're so fucking obvious, why are you still asking these dumb fucking questions? Starting to think maybe the answers aren't so obvious after all, and maybe they're made up bullshit by cult leader fuckheads. Like, what what do you want about Pete? Pick a lane. Jesus back. Christ. God love him, he's back. Ugh. And you have been listening to the Condition Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Currency Moses with AK. We set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily in a shitposting group. Just look up the Conditional Release Program shitposting. Promoting your podcast is easier than done, so please share the episode. Leave us these reviews. I don't know, like tell someone at... Fairfax 9 about us or some shit. Either way, get us, make us successful. We don't have the initiative or the ability to do it ourselves. We're far too stupid. And finally, <laughs> all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply disgraced with capsicum farm and throw us in the back of a divvy van. We're going oh. home in the back of a divvy van. <laughs> Everyone doing it these days. It's a, it's a trend. It's a trend with the kids. The Zoomers love it. Thanks, guys. See ya. See ya.